What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am your host, Brett McGrath. It's Monday. You know what that means. We're having another conversation here about what's happening at the Juice and one of the topics that has been coming up, conversations, Zoom meetings, back and forth on Slack, emails, you name it, is our first call deck. You want to talk about content, that's a piece of content that impacts the entire organization. How are you thinking about your first call deck? Do you need to make some updates? Do you need to make some changes? Do you not have one? Do you need to make a new one? Well, Jonathan and I get into talking about our first call deck, the process, what we've been going through, and how we're going to use that resource when we go to market and launch this company very, very soon. If you like what you've been hearing on the 3C Podcast, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, follow us at the Juice HQ. Sign up for our waitlist, receive our newsletter. You can follow the link in the show notes or you can go to thejuicehq.com, drop your email, and we'll update you every week. Hope you're off to a good start. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. All right, everybody, we are back at it. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. We've got a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. We've been wrapped up in that. And as we record this, you're presenting it in front of some pretty important stakeholders later. So we're talking about our first call deck and just the process that has gone into creating one. We figured people out there, marketers are probably supporting their sales team on their first call deck. Every year, those things get updated. Maybe you're starting a company and you're thinking about building a first call deck. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Jonathan, you feeling good? You, you just went through some dry runs. How are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good. I'm excited about where we're at. You mentioned marketers updating it yearly, uh, annually, perhaps. I, To be honest, I, I feel like this is one of those things, even at previous career stops for myself, like never stops being updated, right? Uh, there's always good ideas and ideas worth experimenting. And and you're always receiving input from your sales team as well, which I'm sure all marketers are very familiar with. So this process has been very much the same. A lot of iteration, a lot of kind of continuing to push, even though it was in a good spot, trying to get it to a great spot. So I'm really excited to get some more feedback uh, today, but even uh, more excited to talk to you about it today and the process we went through to land where we're currently at. So let's take a, a, a step maybe uh, all the way back, maybe back into a time period where a lot of people I think are trying to black out, but we're going to jump back into 2020, I think. And I want to go back into 2020 because that there was a time at the juice where you were an employee all by yourself and you had a deliverable that you were using to have conversations with individuals like me. And we've talked about the hundred conversations you've had, you had with a hundred marketers in a hundred days. There's a lot of hundreds in there. But maybe like talk through, go back then and talk about maybe the deliverable that you had and maybe the structure around it and what was impactful from it. And maybe now that we're kind of 10 steps ahead, what you learned that maybe it was missing. Yeah. So it's funny when I started those conversations, I, I just put together a presentation to help it all feel real, right? Not only to the uh, person I was talking to, but also to myself. Uh, One person company at the time wasn't exactly sure what I was getting myself into and just 
I, really that deck was meant to help guide the conversation. I didn't, you know, when I was putting together the slides, I wasn't like, oh, this is my first call deck or this is a discovery deck. I was just like, this this will help guide the conversation. And so what it ended up being was a very open-ended presentation, uh, kind of a, a big vision, uh, something at least enough to root the conversation. And then honestly, to set the stage for a lot of questions. Uh, I think I even prefaced the deck uh, or within the deck and the agenda is that I want to spend the majority of the time listening to you during this presentation, um, understanding about your role, your priorities, your pain points, your your KPIs, et cetera. So kind of, kind of backed myself into that, maybe even subconsciously from working on previous uh, first call decks at previous career stops. At that point, it was just, it was just a presentation to guide the conversation. And based on how those conversations went, we started being asked, well, this is cool. How can I learn more? How can I participate in the beta program? And that's when we started all right, thinking we need to put a little bit more structure around this um, and just kind of began that the very first iterations of that first call deck. And then uh, that led to some second call. So then we had to start thinking about how we kind of take a prospect through this journey very intentionally. And so, so it's really been evolving. Like I, you know, I, I've probably presented to, like you said, over hundred marketers, maybe 200 people this time. And I've maybe presented the same deck 10 to 15 times. Like it has always been evolving and changing based on who I'm presenting to. And I, I think we've gotten it to a really good place where uh, we're all going to be really proud and excited to share uh, the first call deck as a deck, but also some of the positioning and the storytelling that's in it with the rest of the business and the rest of our partners. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think uh, the the one part you mentioned that it, it, it changes quite dramatically when you get feedback and you're making iterations. I think one thing undeniably when people think about first call decks, they think about product screens and showing things that is just inherently part of every first call deck. And I think the benefit of just working in software, right? There's some really smart people that even if the product doesn't launch, they can do design some really clean mock-ups and not only paint the picture for what the product is going to look like to you and make that even more crystal clear, but then obviously um, give the audience some sort of perspective on, on what they might be looking at or what they might be working with. So I'm curious, you, you mentioned you did, did a lot of listening up front. When you were, how, what was your approach when you were kind of talking through the screens and maybe the, the product, the future state of the product? Like what, how did that conversation go with different people that you're working with? Did they have questions? Did they want to get in the weeds of how different things worked? Um, what, what's your feedback there? Yeah. So I would say I always tried to let them lead the call to a certain extent, right? So if they if they mentioned a pain point that was uh, very real that I felt like we could solve for, I always made sure to ask at least two follow-up questions to that, you know, all right, that's great. That's a pain. But like, tell me more about that. Why is that? Um, what causes that? How do you, have you tried fixing that before? Because I really wanted them to like almost have an emotional reaction to that pain point uh, because I, I felt like later in the presentation we could solve for it, right? So I wanted them to really feel the pain so that later when we presented how we could solve for it, that was a really big moment of relief for them. So, so that was one direction it would go. The other direction, you know, if, if I felt somebody was super engaged and it clicked with them very quickly, I would actually try to accelerate the conversation, right? Well, what are you most interested in? What, how would you 
you know, start using language like, what would a partnership with the juice solve for you? Um, and it, in some instances, you know, I think there's a lot of debate. Should should there be a discovery meeting before a demo? Should they be part of the same meeting? Uh, there were some instances where I felt like if somebody like got the vision really quickly, or maybe they had some background information on it, and was ready to jump right into the demo, I'd jump right into the demo. Like there's no reason to delay in that instance, right? So I think the big takeaway there is just letting them lead the conversation and kind of giving yourself multiple routes to take the conversation once they're leading it. Um, but that was something I always tried to do is uh, kind of present the vision, ask some questions, and then let them lead it to a certain extent based off how they're answering those questions. You touched on something there that I think is critical and important. And I think if we're here at our company and we're trying to shed light on the improved or better ways that SaaS companies should be thinking about approaching their consumers. I think one of those ways is maybe stepping outside of their process and doing more feeling out the situation and listening. I I feel like, you know, we've all been a part of those experiences where you're just sitting there and you're like, I am a product of this person's process right now, and they're not moving outside of the process. And I think process is super important. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're thinking about what those processes are here and thinking about building them out. But I feel like, especially in an early stage, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't want to over-engineer. So a lot of it is trying to get some pulse and feedback, and you can get pulse and you get feedback by listening And typically the person on the other end, as they're sharing information with you, that'll give you some idea on, okay, maybe I need to set up and do more background information, or maybe now it's time to like skip these three slides and move forward into the actual product so we can get some questions. So that, that was kind of my reaction off of that is like so many people right now, like, especially on the sales side in kind of the software space, it just, there's this feeling of being a, a, a victim, I would say, to their process when we we should, as like consumers of the content on the other side, be able to direct the, the sales member or the CEO, founder-led sales, whoever's in that position to help, you know, direct where we want to go. So what's your feedback and reaction on that? Yeah, it's actually, um, I, I had to hold back from jumping in there a few times because I, I think it's actually like, uh, I think the more experienced the sales rep or the presenter of the information is, likely the harder that gets, right? Because uh, I actually, so I just went through kind of a dry run, uh, me and my iPhone timer, uh, right before this podcast recording of our first call, of our most recent first call deck, uh, one we're really proud of. But I kind of, I had this realization of there's actually less listening. It's more storytelling, which is good, which is what we wanted. But I, I found myself at the end thinking, all right, how can I infuse more listening, more questions into the first call deck? Because it's like, the more you start to understand what it is you're selling, what it is your prospects need, you become more of an expert on the topic, right? You start to understand the themes and you start to understand what the prospect might say before they even say it. And so you you just want to start answering before they even let you tell that. And so that's something I, I would guess there's like a inverse relationship on the more time you spend in discovery conversations the more difficult it gets to slow down and listen. And I think that's that's going to be a challenge is 
uh, we try to find the proper balance between storytelling and setting the vision now that we have a much better feel for what that is and still continuing to listen and let the prospect lead the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll like step in and say like me entering the process of this deck being formed and me as the marketer, you know, I've, I always view, and I don't know if like marketers out there listening feel the same way, but I've always viewed like a, a first call deck as like a, as a, or maybe the most important piece of content within a company. So if you're a marketer, like there's probably a good opportunity to not only weigh in and provide feedback to that first call deck, but then once it's in place, find ways to expand on it. And so it's not just coming from a sales member. It's not just a sales thing, but it's a whole company thing, interjecting that in content, campaigns, events, whatever it is, but creating consistency throughout that. So I think- Well, like, I mean, Brent, to, I, I am going to jump in there. Jump in. Like, I love it. Uh, you know, for us, like we're working on our marketing site right now, right? And it's like, those two conversations have been running in parallel, but separately, right? And it's, I think like we are still trying to figure out, like we need to make sure our first call deck, even though it's always evolving and changing, you know, we don't want to present something to a prospect and then they go check out the website and it says something else. So I think you're exactly right. That first call deck is such an important foundational piece of your content library that uh, it's worth the time and effort to get right. And then worth the additional time and effort to infuse across the rest of your messaging, positioning, and the rest of your content suite as well. Yeah. And l let's maybe talk about just collaboration. So the level up of the deck that you're using in 2020 obviously there was a compelling event right we we had a new company name new look and feel brand so like part of these changes that were happening around us needed to be updated in a, a first call deck that allowed us to kind of like take a step back and say okay well how do we want to be talking about this you obviously could have just said, all right, I think we're going to do things this way and let's go do this. And then you could have done your dry run through with like the team and just try to get feedback that way. But you very much like were mindful of bringing in different people to collaborate with on this document, whether it was like members of the high alpha team or if it were myself or Elena. And so I think that's maybe not like, sometimes that's not the easiest thing to do. It's like, you've got a vision and say, this is what I think it is. And then you bring in people to collaborate with, and then they have a whole load of feedback that might change the direction of everything. So maybe talk to me just from your experience in like just getting around that turn of going through like rounds of feedback, what, what that has been like and, and how you think that, shapes the indeliverable that you'll be presenting on? Yeah. So I, it kind of goes back to my uh, hiring strategy, which is hire smart people and get out of the way. Uh, so I really just believe that's what I've been doing is kind of getting out of the way and letting the really smart people uh, I'm fortunate to be surrounded by kind of weigh in. How we got there um, was, like I said, we had a good first call deck. It was working. It's not like it was broken at all. And uh, we, we keep iterating myself and the high alpha team, their go-to-market leader, Egan Montgomery specifically. And we'd iterate and we, we I just, it was always like, we were like, oh yeah, this is, this is good. Like this is a slight improvement. And then we'd improve it again. We'd say, we'd still kind of look at each other like, this is good still. Like we always felt like we were like 
there was something missing. We felt like we could articulate the vision, but we couldn't present it. Um, we could, we could get excited about it, but we couldn't quite share, get that excitement into slide form. And so that's when we're like, all right, let's start to infuse some other people into this process. We had the compelling event of the name update, brand update, um, as well as just like continued product evolution. So uh, we took that opportunity to sit down and write, Let, let's go back to the drawing board. We're going to still keep presenting what we have for the time being, but let's go back to the drawing board and outline the story we want to tell, the vision um, in a document. So we started in a document, Word document, Google document, shared that with the team, let everyone weigh in, tried to find some consistent themes in there. And then turn that document into a, a brand new presentation, shared that back with the team. And we still felt like it was missing. And we went back and forth with some feedback. Finally, somebody, uh, like I said, much smarter than myself, weighed in, Brett, and had this really passionate story, this really passionate uh, vision for what this deck could be. I remember I, I sent it to Egan late one night uh, based on the conversation you and I had, Brett. And I said, this is all Brett. I can't take any credit for it, but I, I love this story. And Egan replied, holy shit, which I think was the uh, point that we had been trying to get to when we kept just looking at each other saying, this is good. Like, how do we get it to that, that next moment? Right. And so we think we're there. We're excited to get feedback from kind of somebody now outside of that group. And that's the ultimate experiment, right? We'll go, we'll go test this with some others. We'll test this with some prospects and it'll either work and it'll either, you know, you'll see eyebrows raising and heads nodding, or you'll see people kind of not getting it or squinting and asking a lot of questions and we'll continue to evolve there uh, either way, you know, whether it's good or bad, uh, we'll continue to evolve. But I think we're in a really good spot thanks to kind of that iterative process that we've, we've gone through and we, we've never said like, okay, this is done, right? We said, okay, this is the most current version. Let's see, let's see where we can take it from here. Now I'm like, I've, I've found the hack of all hacks when you're doing podcasts is set up the questions so that, inevitably you're getting credit by the end of it. So that, that, uh, that, that all sounds nice. I, I'll say this. line and sinker. I walked right into it. You walked right into it. I'll say this for me. And this is just maybe the marketer in me. And I, I think others who are listening might be able to relate is that I always think about, we've all been through these experiences. And I would say like the, the version that I, I, received and got to weigh in on was, was not bad. It was good. It really was solid stuff. And I was like this, especially for the stage of business we're in right now, like this, it was a, a really good deck, but like, as I was in the weeds of just like the storytelling, talking with content marketers, talking with everyone regularly day by day, I just felt like there was an opportunity and I felt like it was missing something. And I think part of me and we've all sat on the other side of this is that when we go through these first call decks from other companies, you know, you're just waiting for these moments where it's like, all right, feature overload. Let's talk about the platform, all of these questions. Let's get into pricing, all of these standard things that we can expect. I think like the differentiator each company has is the ability to set the stage by telling a story that is unique to the company and unique to the consumers that they're trying to reach. So that's where I kind of took a step back and I said, huh, like if we start with a story here that helps set some perspective, we have an opportunity to not come from a position of selling upfront, but we have the opportunity to be in a position where we're aligning upfront with our 
future customer because we're saying things in story form. It sounds interesting. And when we're done with the story, they can sit there and undeniably say, you know what? Like, I agree with this position. I actually feel this in the world that I'm living in. Now I'm super curious what you're working on. So that, like, that's where the feedback came from me as I was interject. And it was just the marketer in me came out based on the feedback. But I, I feel like through some turns, I feel like we're in a, a, a pretty good spot right now. Yeah, I mean, the ultimate goal of this deck, right? Like we're not trying to close them in this presentation, right? We want them to be uh, kind of have an emotional connection. We want it to be memorable when they ultimately share it with their team or their manager and say, I'm going to continue to explore this. And, and we want to get a yes, right? That they want to learn more. And so I think we can bring them along in that story and kind of lead them down that path. That's the goal. And uh, I'm excited with where we've ended up on that. I think it's, it's been a very collaborative effort. And I think you having an, having an emotional kind of reaction where you say like the marker coming out and you is a good example of kind of the, the same thing we want to happen as we talk to marketers, right? We want, we want to share this with marketers uh, who are our prospects and we want them to say, oh yeah, like I get this, like I'm bought into this, like I want to be a part of this and we just want to get that next meeting and then we'll let the product do the talking from there. And um, I, th- I think we're in a really good spot there. So we've learned a lot along the way and I think it's, it's been a, not, it hasn't been a quick process by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly has been worth it. All right. So take us home with some like one or two quick hits to anyone who's in the process of, we've talked about a lot, collaboration, storytelling, all these things. Like what, what are some feedback that you'd give to anyone listening that is working on their first call deck, things to consider that you've learned as a part of this process? I think the most powerful thing that has happened in these discovery calls and then the second calls uh, for the juice specifically is we end up letting the prospects sell to themselves, right? So we we mentioned earlier in this call, letting them lead the conversation. And I think in the discovery deck, that's that's the goal, right? And if you're asking the right questions, they're going to identify the right pain points and they're going to start kind of asking you to help them, right? But then I think if you gather those answers correctly, like what you can do in the second call is you can let them almost sell to themselves and say, hey, you, you said this, we do this. That solves for that, right? Um, and almost like, you know, make it really hard for them to disagree with you, right? And, and you know, there is, you have to find the, the product market fit, obviously, to make that happen. I'm not suggesting you should just say you do that regardless. But, you know, if you do a, a good job of listening on that first call, on that second call, you can you can have the prospect actually selling to themselves. And that's uh, when I've had some people kind of saying, well, yeah, I can't say no now, right? Or you're exactly right. Or those sort of like confirmative statements that uh, make it really hard for them to opt out of at least continuing the conversation. So I think it all goes back to listening in that first call and uh, making sure that you are answering those questions in the second call, but letting them answer those questions kind of on their own. You are getting an opportunity later tonight. It's almost like a, you know, a, a comedian playing at a small club. You'll have some lines. You'll figure out what works. I'm sure some things won't, but you'll get feedback. And I'm certainly anxious to hear how it goes. But hopefully this conversation helps for anyone who's thinking about helping support their sales team with stories, helping refine first call decks, or maybe create one. So We will uh, let everyone know how it goes on the other side, but uh, good luck, Jonathan, and appreciate the time. 
Thanks, Brett. And if anybody wants to learn more or see more, I'm uh, happy to share the deck with them and, and talk more in depth about it. But this is really exciting. And uh, thanks for all your help along the way. And thanks for letting us share the story on today's podcast. First call decks, man, maybe not the sexiest topic, but man, it can be the most important piece of content for you and your company aligning marketing, aligning sales, aligning leadership and other functions within your business. I had fun chopping it up and I cannot wait to share more about how we're talking about the juice moving forward. Definitely hit that subscribe button. Leave me some feedback. You can do that at Indy McGrath on Twitter. I respond to everyone. Would really appreciate that outreach. Take care of yourself, take care of others around you, and I'll be back on Friday with another conversation with a content marketer that matters to you. Take care.